Welcome to PR360, where every week the brightest minds in public relations, communications, and media discuss the topics and trends you need to know about. PR360 was produced in partnership with Global Results Communications. Now here's your host, Todd Perry. Welcome back to PR360. This episode's guest is Jeff Berenger. Jeff founded and oversees Golan's global digital team and has spent more than two decades helping companies earn attention online and to build brands and drive demand. Jeff has helped Golan teams and clients manage through periods of profound change fueled by technology. In the earliest days of the internet, he helped some of the world's biggest companies plant their first flags online. And today, he's helping people embrace AI to heighten creativity, improve efficiency, and do the best work of their lives. Jeff, is there anything I've missed? No, that's a great introduction, and it's great to be with you, Todd. Thank you. Golan Global. Sorry, it's it, a little, that takes a little bit of practice there. Uh, takes takes better, better broadcasting chops than I have. Uh, so, Jeff, uh, let's talk about the, the big topic at hand right now, which is AI. And uh, what role do you think does AI currently have in PR marketing? And then what do you see it having in the future? Well, I, I uh, as you would imagine, we spend a lot of time in conversations with clients and our own teams about this topic. And uh, I think we are, we are all beginning to explore the possibilities. And uh, right now we're uh, discussing what might be possible in the years ahead, but what clients are most interested in that I'm talking to is is what are the possibilities for today, and mm. how can some of the tools that are just coming to market, um, broader tools, some of the you know popular chatbots, how they can be used in our craft, but even some of the very specific tools that are fit for uh, very specific applications in in what we do. Clients are trying to figure out how can we use these things, how can I use them safely, and what's the benefit to my business. And uh, so we're spending a lot of time uh, identifying where there are bottlenecks in the work that we're doing today and how tools can assist us. We're not, we're not trying to replace human beings, certainly mm-hmm. in our agency, and I, you know, our clients aren't either. We're just trying to do better work and, and to do it more efficiently. And we're finding more and more opportunities to do that when AI is assisting us in our work. But it's still, it's still early days. I've got a, a colleague of mine, Todd, who... Uh, as our chief strategy officer, and he talks a lot about, he often reminds me of, of, of Amara's law, which is uh, basically that we, in the short term, we dramatically overestimate the impact of technology, <laughs> but over the long term, we underestimate it. And I think okay. that's true with AI. Wow. Oh, that's that's great. So it's, it's kind of like, we're just kind of opening up the toolbox and saying, okay, where does this go? Where does this apply? Uh, what are some specific uses that people are doing right now in the world of PR and marketing? Well, I mean, AI, AI isn't new to the world of PR and marketing. Um, AI has been present in our agency's technology stack for years, not months, uh, yeah. in, in, in solutions like uh, social listening platforms, influencer identification, uh, even tools that help us manage uh, social media engagement for clients or customer care and social media for clients. AI is, is prevalent across those kinds of solutions. Uh, and it's used in, in very low risk ways. So it's, it's not entirely new. Um, what I think is interesting uh, are, are kind of two things. One is the role of AI in generating 
content. And that's mm-hmm. the trickiest part yeah. of the, the applications of this that, you know, we're, we're figuring out and we're treading most carefully in that area right now, because as you know, there are issues with uh, uh, copyright infringement uh, yeah. uh, issues uh, uh, around uh, intellectual property, those kinds of things. And we're, we're navigating very carefully in that area. I'm very heartened. We work with Adobe as one of our client partners, and I'm heartened to see some of the bigger players in technology taking very responsible stances on the application of AI as they build out their tools. They're thinking about how to protect the rights of creators and so on, copyright holders and so on. So I, I'm, we're very bullish about where this technology is. Right now, we're beginning to use it uh, in new ways to speed up sort of what you would call pre-production processes. Okay. Uh, so storyboarding and things like that. When we're working together with clients to surface new ideas, concepts, those are great opportunities for us to use AI uh, to, to build ideas and communicate ideas faster. But in the end, it's human beings who are taking that idea and bringing it to life and really customizing it for brands. That's cool, uh, using it for storyboarding, because I, I wouldn't have thought of that. I just imagine like if you're you're doing a 30-second ad for somebody or you're doing a, some micro-content and it's like, okay, we've got, you know, here's there's going to be 10 shots here. First one, medium shot of this, blah, 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 blah. And you could probably plug that in and knock it out in, in an hour, right? Right. Right. I saw an example. One of our offices in Asia was recently helping a client um, imagine what their presence would be at a trade show or a, a conference. And, you know, in the old days, you would sketch out what that what that booth might look like. And it would take days um, Mm -hmm. in in some cases to get that rendering right. Now we're able to uh, use generative AI tools to say, okay, here's a a sign that may exist in the booth. And and of course, we're populating what's on that sign and, and, and the messages we're conveying with it. But we can create sort of the layouts of rooms and then our design teams can fill in the particulars very quickly. It just shaves off so much time and allows us to have conversations about um, how a brand wants to show up as opposed to wasting all of our time pushing pixels. Uh, so uh-huh. it's really been beneficial that way. The other thing that's interesting is, is the, the applications that are coming outside of just content creation too. Okay. Uh, there are tools that, that have come to market just in the last year that are, that are, that are uh, catching a lot of people's attention that help us in what you would call the more traditional uh, parts of our work, like media relations, for example, or even crisis management. So, you know, there are, there are platforms we're exploring right now that uh, can help us speed up uh, the creation of press materials to find the right uh, uh, journalists who might be interested in something that we're, uh, we're, we're telling a story about based on what yeah. they've written in the past, too. So all of those kinds of things are like we're looking across everything that we do, all of the specialist roles inside of our company. And we're just asking a simple question of where are the bottlenecks and are there opportunities for AI to help our people do even better work? and do it more efficiently. It's all about assisting people to do their best. Yeah. Uh, a, a bit ago you mentioned that you people were use that you were using AI to identify specific influencers. Uh, how does how can AI do that? Well, so I mean there are a number of uh, popular sort of commercial influencer solutions. Uh, we use several different uh, partners in our, our technology stack, but there are even public tools, uh, ChatGPT or BART are good examples where, you know, if, if you are uh, trying to find, if, if you already work with one influencer, they've performed very well for you, their audience lines up with what uh, your audience um, uh, is comprised of, you can use uh, some of the popular chatbot tools to do some very early exploration of, 
other influencers like one you may work with today and mm-hmm. get some early ideas on who you might want to explore a little bit more closely. Um, we're also using some solutions uh, in the influencer space to identify and sort of vet uh, talent. You know, before before we're sending out contracts to influencers, we want to make sure that there aren't any scandals that have popped up in the last week right. and those kinds of things. And it's very easy with certain uh, AI tools to be able to go in and to to look for red flags wow. very, very quickly. It doesn't replace the due diligence that we would do um, um, when we're vetting influencers in, in the old ways, but it's just another tool to be able to, and another check to be able to just make sure we're really comfortable that the talent lines up with the, the brand. Yeah, that you don't have a crisis down the road because you missed a tweet from from a while back. Wow, that's, that's interesting. You know, philosophically... Uh, obviously this is a question way beyond my pay grade, but I wonder if this will result in an eventual kind of flattening of things, right? Like if you are an influencer and you realize, okay, uh, I can, I can corner this part of the market with using AI to use, uh, have certain personality traits or certain types of appeals I do. Um, and then that, then if everybody then gets on board with that, right. Uh, and then you have a, a, a culture that kind of stagnates a little bit because of that. Right. You know, it's, it's funny. It's a, it's a conversation we're having a lot internally and especially with our creative teams about the role of AI, of AI and creative endeavors. And I, to me, I think one of the risks uh, we could see in the future is you have lots of agencies like ours using a lot of the same sorts of tools yeah. that are trained on the same data sets right. and that are being asked to answer the same sorts of questions. And so the outputs are probably going to become a bit homogenous. And, and you know, the, we're, in the, we're in the business of helping brands earn attention. Right. If everything looks the same, nothing's going to earn attention. And so, mm-hmm. you know, we always feel like there, there, will, there, will, um, there will always be a role for human creativity in what we do. Um, you know, one of my one of my uh, my closest colleagues in uh, our Singapore office, our chief creative officer in Asia, uh, tells me a lot about how uh, the interviewing process is now changing and evolving a little bit when he's interviewing creative talent in that market. He's of course still looking for great people with a book of amazing work, uh, creative work that they can point to. But he's also looking for people who understand how to use technologies to better themselves and their craft. Right. So he's looking for right brain and left brain people all within a single person. Uh, so that's changing. I think we're going we're gonna to start to find that uh, employees who can use technology safely, effectively in their job um, are, are, are going to become even more coveted by employers. Uh, just because they're going to be so much more effective in everything that that they do. Yeah. No, that's that's amazing, and it's uh, it's interesting how it it feels like to some to someone on my end of it. Obviously, not from your position, but it feels like an almost overnight thing. But it's obviously something that you've seen come yeah. kind of way over the horizon, and uh, are prepared to to to. You know, take advantage of the opportunities, right? Instead right. of seeing, and, and, and you know, we've we've sort of seen this, we've so, sort of seen this play out before in other per- periods of um, of evolution. Um, yeah. You know, I, I look at the early days of the internet, the early days of social media. Um, you know, even even look more recently at the metaverse, mm-hmm. and you know, going back to sort of Amara's law. You know, think about the first year of really when the conversation heated up around the metaverse. You had companies 
literally changing their name to, to have meta in the title. Uh, they were right. betting their future on the metaverse. Um, the reality is that future is, is, is definitely coming, but it's farther off than, than maybe the hype cycle suggested mm-hmm. very early on. And you know, there are a lot of things that brands can be doing right now to deliver more impact for their businesses. Um, than investing in the metaverse. It's not to say they, they, they shouldn't be exploring opportunities for the future, but you got to take kind of a balanced approach. And I, you know, I think the same thing holds, holds true with AI. There's a lot that we can start to do now, but none of us are totally sure what the future is going to look like. Um, so we need to sort of prepare for divergent paths and, and, and be prepared to, to use these tools uh, you know, in an effective way, regardless of what the future sort of looks like. Uh, when it comes to the metaverse, uh, has that kind of failed to catch on as as quickly as the hype cycle because of a the technology isn't quite there yet or b because it did seem like collectively humanity said not this right now right 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 well and and, and I also think you know lots of us in the marketing world and in the media world probably didn't do consumers a service by um, perhaps overhyping where that technology was and and what the demand was for that technology at the time we started having all of these conversations. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, I, 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 you know, it's, it's clear that um, the internet of the future will be virtual in nature. That's going to mm-hmm. be a big aspect of how we're getting information. But the reality is most people can't afford a several thousand dollar um, uh, virtual reality headset. Right. Um, you know, they, they can't afford uh, a lot of these the, the, these tools that, that make uh, the sort of the promise of the metaverse possible. Now, gaming, um, you know, the biggest advances in that space are in gaming, and that's not going away. It's continuing to accelerate. So, right. you know, there are there are places where brands can play, but I think again, it's 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 about taking sort of a pragmatic and balanced approach to say we're going to explore these areas. Uh, look for places we can we can add value now that are valuable to our brand, but let's not put all of our eggs in one basket yeah. because there are a lot of lot of different opportunities for us um, in 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 the future. Got it. Uh, so one of the most recent big developments in social media is Threads. Uh, what are the difficulties you see in managing like a company's presence on that platform? Because yeah. it seems to be very very algorithmic. Um, it, it seems a little hard to dictate, even you know, as as a user, like what's coming into my feed. Right. Uh, if, am I seeing everything? Like I don't quite know where I am as I kind of navigate the platform. Yeah. Well, um, we we at our agency and and like our clients were were very excited to see another player come into the short form content space. You know, I think a lot of us were looking for alternatives to other platforms that are out there that may have some concerns around stability and brand safety and those kinds of things. Um, it's pretty clear that there are probably lanes for multiple platforms in that area. X isn't going anywhere. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of data that suggests um, that there is still a very vibrant community on that platform. Um, there's a lot of, of innovation that's happening on that platform. And then Threads came along and I think was a bit of a breath of fresh air for all of us. Yeah. And there was so much frenzy at the beginning and so many people checking it out. The problem is um, the user base hasn't largely stuck around mm. at the same way that they did at launch when they were really evaluating it. And there are lots of, there are lots of features, I think, that are left out 
on the platform that you know that are said to be on the roadmap for future development that aren't mm -hmm. there yet. And there and some of those features are things that brands really need and desperately want on a platform like that. So you know, for example, the fact that um, there is no API that allows enterprise grade social media management tools to integrate with threads and to oversee your publishing and community management on the platform. Uh, and all of it has to be done natively in platform. That's yeah. tough. For big brands, yeah. you know, you've got people inside the client team, client side team. You've got agency partners that need access. Um, you know, the, the lack of data on, on not just conversations about your brand, but about the audience on the platform. Yeah. There's just, you know, there's a lot of unknowns yet. And, you know, there's been some good experimentation on the platform. Some brands are starting to build followings there. They're creating interesting content. I like what Nike's doing. Um, I like what Netflix is doing. I like what TikTok is doing. Um, you know, they're all they're all starting to build an audience, and they're and they're again they're investing in the platform. But the question that I'm asked by a lot of clients is, we have finite budgets, finite resources. Do I do I take away yeah attention yeah. from one platform and put it over here yet? And for most clients. The right answer right now is no. No, you can still experiment in a in a in a small but smart way, but don't put all of your eggs in that basket just yet. Wait to see how the the platform matures and how the feature set matures, and most importantly, if people stick around. Yeah. There's also the aspect where certain brands work on certain platforms and not on other oh. platforms. It's you know. Uh, my other gig I have is writing for Upworthy, and we, you know, on on Facebook, uh, we we do amazing. You know, you you put out a story on Facebook. Well, well, until the algorithm changed of recent, but in general, like that, just that audience or that platform was just great. You put out a link on Twitter, and nobody ever clicks it. Right? You can have five hundred thousand followers on Twitter, and no matter how you package it, no matter what you do. No right. one reads articles on Twitter, but right. they'll they'll right. do it on Facebook all day, right? Um, yeah. It's it's amazing. So it's like you know, it's like brands have to find their uh, their their platform and and then use that, right? Um, yeah, I agree. We, we were we were meeting with a client recently to go through some monthly results, and we were just looking at the performance across platforms. It's a it's a technology brand, and what we were finding is from on a, from a paid perspective, X was not very competitive. But when we started to look at organic content performance, X was outperforming every other channel the client publishes on. And so, you know, I think a lot of that is contextual to who the brand is, what the audience is they're trying to reach, what their content strategy is. But, um, you know, there are places there are places for these brand, for brands on most channels, but it's, it's figuring out that right mix is still the trickiest uh, part. Where do we show up and, and, and where are we focusing across paid, earned, shared and owned? So uh, what are your thoughts on how brands can control their images uh, via social search? Um, that, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big question. I, um, you know, it's funny, we, in, in, in public relations, we have, have long thought that our stories kind of needed to do double duty, that um, of course we wanted uh, the stories we're telling to be picked up by journalists. They write great articles, we're earning attention in, in the press. Um, but you know, in recent years, we also want to make sure that those stories are um, are accessible when people are looking for them in popular mm -hmm. search engines like Google, right? So search engine uh, visibility um, is is super important to us. Uh, social search is changing the game a lot, especially for yeah. for younger consumers. And you know, 
we know that there's more and more evidence that some of them are starting their exploration journey for certain topics, not for everything, but for certain topics, things like, you know, cooking, for example, right. uh, or health and beauty and so on, you know, God, we, we all saw the feta flying off the shelves, right. With TikTok. Uh, <laughs> You know, there, there, are, there are certain topics and certain audiences that are starting on social platforms first for search. Mm-hmm. And so we're working with more and more clients to take a look at what human beings are looking for on those platforms to understand where the need is, what they're not looking for on those platforms, what they're using traditional search for. And then we're trying to, to adapt content strategies where, where, when and where it makes sense is for brands to sort of play into the kinds of things on those platforms that people are looking for and to make sure once they're publishing that content, it's it's very discoverable within the search functions within those tools. Here, I, th- I think the thing that's gonna be most interesting next is sort of the next generation of search. And what we're starting to think about now is not just traditional search optimization or even social search, making sure our stories show up there, but what about um, training the models that are powering the answers AI platforms are giving us. You know, it's uh, there's more and more evidence that journalists are starting to use ChatGPT and Bard yeah. and other other solutions for early research. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, we know consumers are starting to ask questions that traditionally they might have gone to a, a you know a legacy search engine for. Right? So if consumers are getting the answers about your brand there, the story about your brand there, if journalists are getting their their answers there, then we need to start thinking about how do we make sure the facts about our brand and the positive stories about our brands show up in places that right. are helping People us? Look at, yeah. Right, right. Now, is it easy to get kind of granular data about what people are searching for? Say on TikTok, if I have a... Uh, uh, I don't know, a pasta brand, and I want to know if people are looking for a, a Farfel pasta or a ZD. Um, is, is there a way to access uh, any information through TikTok on like how many people are searching for ZD this week, you know, and how do we show up for ZD? So we work, we work very closely with, with uh, TikTok's uh, agency support teams, and they are fabulous partners. I could say, at least in our experience, they are fabulous partners in helping us understand some of the trends on the platforms. Um, you know, so, there are certain social platforms that are better than others in terms of giving access to granular data. I mean, historically, Twitter had been the place where you learn about trends and what people were searching for and so on, because their API gave you access to so much different information. Obviously, those things are starting to change a little bit, um, uh, and, and certain platforms are far more closed off on what you you can surface, at least at a granular level. But you could still go in and look at some of the most influential voices and understand um, the kind of content they're creating because they're looking at the same thing as brands are. Yeah. What is it my audience is, is searching for from me, whether they're typing it into a, a search bar or not, uh, and what, what content am I creating that's really resonating with the audience? There are lots of different ways that you know may even be manual in nature that we can start to determine some of the things that 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 our target audiences are looking for on those platforms, so we can show up in the right play in the right ways with the right content. Wow, that's great. That's great. Uh, well, Jeff, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. Um, I, I feel uh, I feel a little more enlightened and uh, and at peace about AI. You know, uh, you've helped me uh, make make friends with the machine here. Uh, Absolutely. So what's the best way people can follow you, get in touch, hear your thoughts on things? 
Sure. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, Jeff Berenger is uh, my handle on LinkedIn. Of course, check out Golan.com. You can see some of the, the work we're doing with clients and, uh, and to get in touch there as well. So it's been great talking with you today, Todd. Thank you so much, Jeff. Sure. Take care. Thank you. PR360 was produced by Todd Perry in partnership with Global Results Communications. Be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review wherever you get podcasts. Follow GRC on all socials at Global Results. Follow Todd on Twitter at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Talk to you next week.